Alright, we want to welcome you guys back to the channel. Uh, this is Stern's Tech Talk. My name is JD and I have got my co-host here, Miguel. Um, and for those of you who are checking us out for the first time and don't know much about us, uh, we're just two brothers who have a huge passion for technology and uh, just enjoy what's coming down the line as well as new product releases too. So um, we really appreciate you guys listening to us today. Um, we did want to give one mention that you'll see in the description um, and that is for the month of October, we have a couple key things that we're looking out for. Uh, first off is on October 6th, we have the Google event, hardware event, which we expect to see the Pixel 7 and the 7 Pro, as well as both of our biggest interests, uh, the Pixel Watch. So that's October 6th. And then we've also got what we expect just to be press releases from Apple on some of their latest products that they're going to refresh uh, from the MacBook Pro to the Mac Mini, as well as the iPads. Um, so we will keep you guys up to date on those events. And um, and then also the other thing that I did want to mention was that we do have our Twitter account live. So a lot of the articles and news that we have on this podcast, we'll be posting them on our Twitter page too, in addition to polls so you guys can kind of vote and you know voice your own opinions there as well. Moving along to actually official news, uh, it's pretty packed today, but we are excited about a lot of this stuff and the rumors that we're getting. First off with Google, bit of sad news um, for those of you who are avid uh, Stadia gamers. Google released a statement that Stadia is really not gaining the sort of traction that they had hoped and as such have decided to shut down the service. So. Uh, the statement did go on to say that the service will be available to play up until January 18th of 2023. So, Yeah, it's uh, very unfortunate for sure. I was actually just uh, talking about it with my wife, and uh, she and her brother had uh, used it, uh, I think, for a short time, but they kind of just stopped playing because it, it was kind of a game platform that they weren't really intrigued by, and I think a lot of uh, members of this community were uh, felt the same way. It just really flopped. Um, for a lot of different reasons, I mean, one of the things actually, uh, and this came up in discussion, uh, was compatibility. I mean, like, are you able to play games with other um, platforms like, you know, Xbox or PlayStation or what have you? Uh, and then another thing especially is um, you're competing with a lot of other major platforms like Steam. And mm. it's... Yeah. It's difficult, especially when you're in the world of, of gaming, because there are so many platforms right now for gaming. A That's lot of exactly them what I was thinking. Very yep. successful, yeah. And the real question comes to mind is, like, how do you as a company, like, how do you make this kind of platform to be as successful as those? Like, what is your, um, you know, main plan there? Because this one just dropped, like, maybe a few years back, I think. If I'm aware, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, in just a matter of a few years, it like went right out and fizzled out. So I don't know. I'm really curious to see, to know as to why people were just really taken back by this one. Well, I mean, you know, you've got your reasons right there that you guys got to talk to, talked about with your wife and uh, her brother there. Just, just the fact of compatibility and, you know, also, you know, the, the competition out there, and I agree with that. I think that's that's a really prime reason to say, hey, is this actually worth keeping around? Mm-hmm. Um, or is yeah. it actually worth using from a consumer standpoint as well? Uh, and and I, I think it is kind of unfortunate just because um, on one side, I think it's great to see something new coming along and something yeah. to compete with what's already there. Yep. 
but at at the same point, there's so much there to compete with. So it's not like, oh, this is, you know, Verizon, T-Mobile, and AT&T. There's only, you know, so many there that are, like, really the prime competitors. Yeah, When you absolutely. talk about gaming, like you said, you've got PlayStation, you've got Steam, you've got Xbox, um, Nintendo. It just, yeah. there's just so much out there that it's you have lot. to compete against. And it's, it's kind of unfortunate. So I personally never have played on the platform. No, I've not um, done I either. was one of the recipients of that deal where you received a premiere edition for free. So I actually still have that up in my closet, still sealed in its original cellophane. But <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, uh, that, that's one thing that I, when I got it, I was like, okay, it's free. Do I want to open it? And if I don't, maybe this could be worth like a review later on down the road. You yeah. Know, for, you know, the first open box you know, five, 10 years down the road, who knows? Um, now that Stadia is gone, I, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. You <laughs> we'll, can honestly we'll find, keep that yeah. for like, you know, uh, price wise. I mean, that thing could like jump price really quick. So but. yeah, it, it's hard to say for sure. But, um, it did continue in that article that Google does plan on refunding all of the hardware game and, uh, add on purchases. So they expect to have most, if not all, completed by mid-January of this upcoming year. Um, and then to kind of capsize on that part, they weren't really, the the actual article from Joy Life wasn't really sure if it was going to be automatic refunds or if it was going to be user-initiated. So I personally think it's probably going to be automatic just because if you're already canceling the service, you don't really want to take off people even more. So Yeah, absolutely. You might have people that are unaware of even if they have games or subscriptions or whatever that they have with the platform. Exactly. Uh, I, I think it's a much better idea for Google to go ahead and automate that just out of um, respect for their consumers because I think that would be a great um, thing to do on their part. So. Yeah, because people come in and, and then they go out. It's it's, yeah. it's just the way games go. You, yeah. I, even for me, I have you know an Xbox One. I've got an Xbox One X. Uh, I've got a Nintendo Switch. I've got all sorts of stuff. So I kind of go through phases of playing games or certain consoles. And if I just, unbeknownst to me, the service canceled, I mean, how am I going to know? And I, I would really respect or appreciate the respect from from the company to uh, refund that money for me if that's their intention to do it to everyone. So, Yeah, it is unfortunate. It's the end of an era. So it be a really sad time, I suppose, for a lot of gamers. Maybe not a whole lot, but... Um, but uh, transitioning here to the next thing, we came across this article on uh, Slash Gear where they ran a poll for the features of the Watch Ultra and what people most liked about it. Um, there were top three, so out of 611 respondents, 29.3% said they really liked the emergency button. 23.08% uh, said they really liked the temperature sensor and the depth gauge. And then 17.68% said they really liked the action button. And uh, for me personally, I would say in, in my order, I would have emergency as number one, action is number two, and the temperature sensor slash gauge is number three. Um, and the main reason that I would have the action button is the second, and obviously for it differs from different people to different people, obviously. But um, for me personally, I feel like um, the more proficient a feature is, the more benefits you can get out of it. I mean, I, I guess you could say that with the gauge and the temperature sensor as well, but for the action button, there's a packed ton of stuff that you can do with that. I feel like you'll get a lot more out of that when you're doing like runs or um, swimming routines or what have you. Just there's, I feel like there's a lot of options you have 
Um, I, obviously, I don't hate the temperature sensor gauge at all. I think that's an excellent thing, especially now that you have 200 meters depth um, for water uh, or for diving, excuse me. And um, you've also got that uh, nice temperature sensor in there as well. And, and an emergency, I agree with the first with uh, with everyone um, voting as number one. Uh, it, it is really crazy out there, really dangerous, and you got to be careful. And so I think this is going to be a really great thing in the future for uh, especially kids. Like if they're in danger or anything, like it's it's really important that you have something on your kids to make sure they're safe um, or just on your person to, to alert everybody else like, hey, there's something big going on here. So I would say I would order though um, that in that way. I don't know if you uh, have a different uh, order there, but that's how I feel right there. Um, actually, I would probably switch it up even further. I would actually put the action button as first just because hmm. I feel like that's more generic. That runs with all three. Now, I, I, I guess yeah. you could say that for the emergency technically, but I don't know. Like when you're down in the water, there's really no reason to use the emergency siren. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, not really going to get those 86 decibels out of that. Nope. Um, but I would probably put the emergency second and mm-hmm. then um, and then the other ones after that. Actually, they did have a fourth and a fifth, which was um, the dual frequency GPS and then night mode. So, um, but they yeah. got really lower scores on that. It was like fifteen and then fourteen percent. Yeah, I would but, agree with that right there. I mean, night mode, you're really. I mean, it's a like a. I, I don't even. I like I like, I like the mixture of it because it changes yeah. it to red and you can see it and stuff like that. But as far as just usability and popularity, I can see why. It, I wouldn't even necessarily call it a gimmick. I mean, I guess it's close to it, but it's more of just a small addition for if, if you have that um, problem where you are out, you know, in the, uh, the the dark or whatever. It helps to see those types of things better. Um, but, yeah, I would agree. It, it's kind of on the lower scale of things that I find most intriguing of the Watch Ultra. I feel like it's almost an expectation in some cases. Yeah, just, I feel like know, you like, have to I, have I feel it like there. this is something we shouldn't, we, shouldn't, <laughs> we shouldn't be like, oh, this is great that they have this. This It should be more so, oh obviously this should have this a lot of watches i'm sure i don't even know about the uh, the galaxy watch series or the pixel watch but i feel like every watch should automatically have this as a thing like low power mode uh it's like an instant thing like if you, if i told you like here's a new phone that's coming out it's got low power mode on it you'd be like okay every phone has that what's what's the big deal exactly um so yeah. it's it's one of those things where i feel like it should be on there um but yeah i'd agree with you on that one Yep, so yep, for sure. Yep, those ratings were pretty good. I'm glad they got that poll out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then when, uh, transitioning now, we've got 95 Mac uh, talking about the slight possibility of the Touch ID returning to the uh, flagship uh, iPhones, um, which it's probably not going to happen, which is quite a shocker. Oh, my goodness. Um, and basically, uh, he was talking about the fact that um, just... Apple is really keened in on the the whole face ID. Like I think they're really stuck with that now, and I would agree with um, uh, nine to five Mac here. Obviously, it's they're not gonna really change it. I don't think they're they're always stuck in their ways. They never seem to when they come up on a really good feature that they absolutely love. I don't. I feel like they don't take the consumer's response all too well. Um, no, not not really at all. And interestingly enough, nine to five Mac did a poll back last year of July in 2021 uh, to see how people felt about the touch ID or face ID. Uh, and the question was, would you prefer an iPhone with touch ID under the screen or on the power button? Forty seven percent said they want it under the screen. Thirty percent said they want it uh, on the power button. And 16% said they wanted it uh, just as face ID. They're perfectly fine with it. And then four percent said that they wanted the back of the phones. Um, now this was last year, um, but the, you can still actually, um, vote 
there's like 13,000 votes on here. Uh, and I actually voted on the power button mainly because um, I, I find that a little more useful. A lot Most phones actually have tend to have that. The only ones I can think of screen having are the, the Pixel... Um, uh, the uh, the Pixel phone and the OnePlus, and I think there might be a couple others. Um, but that just shows you right there. People are really wanting that Touch ID for sure. Some way, somehow, they really want it back. And it really shows you as well, Apple is not listening to their consumers hardly at all. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's, it's pretty rare that you get something like that and having the manufacturer listen to the consumer. Yeah. Um, so Lightning port is a clear example of how stingy and just uh, rigid Apple is in their thinking that they're just not going to go in a different direction. Um, and, and I get it because it's a mass produced product and many people use it on a daily basis. But at the same time, I feel like you did change it up. I mean, you went, yeah. away, you went away from t- touch IDs. So, um, but yeah, Mark Gurman had that article or, or the post there on uh, 9 to 5 Mac um, just saying that, th- that Apple had tested that out and now it's pretty clear that they're not going to actually add it at any uh, stage going forward. So uh, a little unfortunate for some of those users that were looking forward to possibly having Touch ID return. So. Yeah, like me. <laughs> I really yes, want it like back. I, some way, some fashion. I just really would like it back. Yeah, yeah, and actually, um, to 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 further that along, real quick, um, one of my favorite Android phones, um, very high in my list was the it was the Samsung um, Galaxy S10e, and that actually had it on the power button. Yeah, I loved that. That was a yep. wonderful phone. Um, and I, honestly, I think it's probably one that I would go back and buy just for the sake of of uh, keeping it on my um, on my shelf. So, um. But yeah, going along to, as you mentioned, Pixel, um, Amazon had a confirmation of the Pixel 7 uh, was leaked for the price uh, or was leaked yeah. with the price of $599. So um wasn't really entirely surprised because I feel like Google wouldn't be Google if they didn't leak. So um, <laughs> that's true. They have yeah. r- major issues with their buckets. They just can't seem to keep the water inside. Um <laughs> So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, at at least we know what we're getting as far as the price. Um, I'm more interested personally in the uh, Pixel Watch, but that's just that's just me. Yeah. Um, Which 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 to hit on that, they actually did. um, Last week, we mentioned that we had the colors for the Pixel Watch bands. And now we actually have confirmation of the um, unboxing of it or at least pictures of it. And I, I look at, we'll look at this, and obviously we'll post this in the description. But they, they unopen or they open up the uh, manual, and you can actually get to see how the band interacts with the timepiece, which I thought was really cool. I, I don't know if, if you uh, had a chance to look at that image, but I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah, it is. It it's definitely a simple way for sure. I don't see this being complicated at all. In fact, I think it's just simple, uh, simple instructions. There. I don't even think you need the actual pamphlet, but um. Yeah, very very cool uh, way of doing that, uh, and obviously I, I think for me it was more impressive just to see the animation when they released or at least announced it. So maybe yeah. it'll still look kind of cool when you have it in hand. But um, yeah. I would like to go back to that uh, Pixel Seven, um, that uh, price rumor um, that it's five hundred ninety nine dollars. I am actually one hundred percent okay with this price. Uh, I mean, you look at it and you think, by just looking at these specs, we got AMOLED. You got 50 um, megapixels, 4K ultra wide camera as well. You got eight core CPU. You got that Google Tensor uh, 2 chip. 
Uh, there's a fingerprint reader right in the front screen, 4,700 uh, milliamp hours. Um, I mean, this thing is actually pretty packed for it being only 600 bucks. So I would say, and maybe I'm being a bit too drastic on this one, but I would almost say that I love the the pricing for this better than the iPhone 14 Pro. I mean, hmm. just from just from face value from what you get, I yeah. feel like it's a better option for people who not only want a less uh, a lesser price for a phone, but are getting a lot of those specs that you know eight nine hundred dollars phones seem to have. Um, yeah, you're you're getting it four hundred dollars cheaper at least if 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 all goes well. Maybe Google was kind of joking with us, but if it is five ninety nine, <laughs> then I mean, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a great price right there for that phone. Um, a lot of specs to work with. I, I think with uh, the iPhone Pro, that was obviously the main hit there was uh, cinematic mode and action mode and, and just, you know, utilizing those new sensors. Yep. Um, with with Pixel, obviously, your advantage is going to be flat-out photos. Uh, maybe you won't hit it as much on the on the video side, but with Pixel, with a, with um, photos, that's really where, where the game's at. Um, oh, yeah, uh, for on sure. Google's phones. So, um I guess the only thing that I would kind of be, it, it's still in a growing stage, is is the Tensor chip. Um, so uh, they're still trying to work out those kinks. But the fact that they're trying to go on custom silicone is, is a good thing to start off with anyway, just so that way they can um, better customize their uh, ecosystem and such and, and follow in the path of Apple. So, Yeah, absolutely. I really do agree that that, that price seems to be okay. Um, and obviously there's, oh, there's always room for improvement on these phones. So, um, yeah. We'll obviously give more information on that once it comes out because we'll be doing a review kind of on the event for sure. Uh, Then moving along here, we've got some uh, info on the uh, S23. And it's actually going to be taking uh, design cues from the S22 Ultra. So um, the originally what what you'd normally have is sort of a... um, uh, Sort of a frame around the, the lenses... However, yeah. what they're doing is they're actually taking that frame off. Now, I'm kind of on the fence about this. I know we kind of discussed this in passing um, for too. just a little bit. Um, yeah. I feel like it would be okay because you get a more slick design of the lens. I'm sure they'll be able to protect it just as well as, you know, Apple's protected their, um, you know, um, sapphire lenses and whatnot. Um, yeah. But... I also, and I think you had this point as well. I, I like the 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 frame around it. it. gives It gives also another side to the equation of just that feeling that that it is kind of a protected, in a sense exactly. that it, that it has that it is that backing of where that lens should be. So, yeah, that's how that's how I'm feeling. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the only thing, the other thing that I would say to that is when you look at let's let's just. Let's just go back to one of the more popular f- phones out there is the iPhone. Uh, when you look at their Pro line or um, even even their, their base iPhones in the past few years, they've always had that kind of surrounding material, yeah. which is either you know, going to be um, clear glass or, or uh, brushed. Yep. And it kind of just draws your attention to that module. Exactly. Um, so that was another thing. It was like, oh, I really like how the S22 looks. It's really sleek. It looks great. Sure, the S22 Ultra has those camera lenses that just pop out with, you know, nothing around it. Um, maybe it gives it that more premium feel. Because, I mean, that's more up to the consumer on, you know, how they view that. Um, people people like it or, or, or they don't. So I, I don't think it's a major design change. Um, no, not I, really. 
I, I, I don't even really think it's, it's worth, you know, analyzing or overanalyzing, but, um, we did, yeah, we did, we did get some leaks on that. So, uh, but actually staying on topic with Samsung though, um, this is a bit of a scary situation here. So Samsung is once again, encountering battery issues. Mm. Now it's not to the stage of the note seven. So if you guys are out there listening, don't get too scared. This is just more so for Samsung flagship phones that are stored in an off state. Mm. So we had um, Aaron over at Mr. Who's the Boss. He had a YouTube video uploaded. And um, his plan was to go through and create a video about all of his Samsung flagships that he has collected since 2010. Wow. Um, And when he did that, he was noticing that a couple of his phones were kind of bulging. Um, The the back was separating from the frame. Even the glass was cracking in some cases. And the battery was just expanding. So uh, of those models that he noticed was the S6, the S8, the Note 8, the S10, and then uh, my favorite, the S10e, the S10 5G, and then also the Galaxy Z Fold 2. Ooh. So it was really interesting to me. He did quite a bit of research. He was in contact with Samsung. Um, I'm not going to go into super detail on this because this could take a long time to talk about. Yeah. But definitely check out the YouTube video uh, so that way you guys can be better informed about this. Um, but like I said, it, it seems like it's only happening for phones that are kept in an off state. Yeah, that. I mean, I would expect that in, in partial sense. Um like, I assume you mean like when they just completely turn the phone off, like correct. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I I think there is a there is a problem with this in regards to a battery if it's turned off for a long period of time. You need to run it every once in a while, otherwise there does be, there battery issues start to occur. Um, and I'm actually yeah, and he not... actually talked with Jerry Rig everything about this. So and and he actually went into detail about it to explain that to Aaron. So yeah. Yeah. I am actually pretty surprised by this by the uh, in regards to the Z Fold. Um, but with the other older ones, not really so much. They are old. There there obviously are expected problems to occur with those older ones with batteries and, you know, just the, the inner works in general. Um, but it, it is unfortunate to see that happening now because I'm sure you got a lot of people who've been keeping those for keepsake or for um, you know, just collection. You know, just just to Collect, add to yeah, collection. Your list. Yeah, especially those Samsung Avid fans that are out there, just like, yeah. oh, I have every model since whatever year. So, yeah. and it, the interesting thing is, is I mean, I think it's because not many people collect the non-flagship models from Samsung, but I, it, we I, we have yet to have confirmation on whether it was affecting those. Um, what was kind of interesting was when Aaron tweeted um, that you know, does anybody else have this issue? Uh, other content creators that are on YouTube and such, you know, gave him some feedback. And only one person, uh, Dave2D, came back and said, yes, this is a common issue, but I've also noticed this among other manufacturers. He was the only person to say that. Everyone else was like, yeah, yeah. I only had this issue happen on Samsung. So that was really kind of odd to me just knowing that, hmm, it's only on Samsung for the most part. So what are other people doing that Samsung isn't? Yeah, and What that's should the Samsung question. be doing specifically? Absolutely. So. Um, but one thing I did want to note, you guys should definitely, when you check that video out, you'll notice that he gives DIY Perks credit for that shelf that was built in his room. Uh, I will also post his um, channel link in the description below because if you guys have not checked out DIY Perks, he is 
really cool channel, really cool innovative ideas on uh, what he does and builds. A lot of it related to technology and how it integrates. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys should definitely check that one out. Yep. So that uh, that wraps up that for the um, the Samsung issue. Uh, there's always there always seems to be a battery issue with Samsung. So um, <laughs> at, at least, least they're not in explosive mode yet. But, no, yeah, that that was a major issue back then, but uh, nothing's really happening major with the uh, the the newer flagship, so that's at least good. Uh, moving along, we've got uh, some information on the Amazon Prime Day uh, event. Obviously, it just passed, so there's not uh, um, it's closed. However, um, they are announcing that they will be doing um, sort of a Prime Early Access sale. Uh, on October 11th, uh, th- and this is for Prime members only, obviously. Uh, it's going to be held for 48 hours, and it's going to offer hundreds of thousands of deals uh, across a lot of different categories like kitchen, device, Amazon devices, pets, toys, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that, that'll be really good. Get those uh, extra yeah, deals right I, there. I saw that one for the Peloton. I don't know if I could ever actually buy one, but I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Those um, things are pretty darn expensive. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess for me, if I was going to probably buy something, mm, probably be a, a kitchen thing. I was just going to say that. I think it would probably be a kitchen appliance for me, too, because I think that would justify it for both uh, my wife and myself. <laughs> yeah, I was so going to say that, too. <laughs> it, it has it has to benefit <laughs> both of us. Otherwise, yeah. that deal ain't going through. Nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're in agreement with that because I was kind of gonna say the yeah. exact same thing. So, yeah, no, I, I, I can't, I can't do that. Uh, I, I can't be as uh, brave as I want to be. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, pretty much. Oh man. Yeah. But yeah, they're doing this. So uh, just keep an eye out for that. Be aware again that is October 11th, and again 11th. for Prime members only. So if you're not a Prime member, you can. I think they still have like 30 day free trial, so you can still do it. Um, but just keep aware of that. So. Yep. Yep. And then uh, next on Doc, we have YouTube. So we are not excited about this uh, by any means. But no. Evidently, they, I mean, this, this is a testing phase. So I guess I can't really get, you know, really nervous about this. But uh, moving on here, we, so we've got YouTube testing this feature out, which I don't even know if you can call it a feature, but where they're requiring only premium users. So if you're a premium subscriber to YouTube, uh, to have access to 4K resolution when available. Mm. Um, that really ticks me off. Yeah, I'm right I, there with you. I hope this doesn't go through. I hope this is just one of those testing things to see what happens and people hate it. Because why you would offer that for all this time and have everyone have access to 4K is just ridiculous, and then you want to have it limited to premium subscribers only. So I don't yeah. know if you have any positive feedback on that, but I would guess you'd be in the same boat. <laughs> You would be correct about that for sure. I mean, I don't even know calmly, why they would even consider um, this as a possibility. As well. so when has there Aaron ever doesn't been really show emotions on YouTube? But um, you can definitely, you know, tell when other he than was I not, guess Amazon because they offer like um, <laughs> but, high definition. Yeah, so that, that's it for SD, that. Um, um, for when you do rentals it's, and whatever. That, but when yeah, has there really ever been an option where I have to pay extra just to be able to watch a little bit better quality? How? Where is that charge coming from exactly? Because these people they post these videos on the platform in 4k it's not youtube that's doing it right and so oh i agree yeah i feel like that's a disservice to the actual creator in a sense because it's like you have to pay more 
for them to be able to to view it in that quality and i feel like it should be up to the discretion of the actual creator that's like i want to put this in 4k i want everyone to be able to enjoy this as much as possible because i've spent so much time and effort into working on this and now people are gonna have to pay just to be able to see it like that's that's ridiculous i'm sorry i, I just i can't can't accept that at all so i really i mean to t to take it one step further these content creators buy these cameras with yeah. 4k capability because yes. they want to future proof themselves and Absolutely. then they're like oh well what's the point of doing this if it's going to be limited to premium subscribers so yeah I, I i just it's not really something that i agree with in in any way shape or form yeah and i actually saw this online then i also saw it confirmed by uh, aaron over at zolotech <laughs> No, he doesn't. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I hope it is just a test thing. And I hope they actually listen to their consumers. That I thought, Like we talked about earlier, it is a very, very vital thing to listen to consumers. Uh, just of what they... Especially if you've got subscribers and people who you know, actually pay for your subscription and that kind of thing, it's important to listen because you'll start having people, you know, knocking off there and not not purchasing it at all. So, yeah, we'll have to see on that one. And then the next thing we've got going on here is uh, the OnePlus Nord Watch is official with the uh, 1.7 inch OLED screen and up to 30 days of battery life, which is quite outstanding. Um, but unfortunately, this is only going to be released for uh, India which is really annoying, like, I mean, if especially you got a lot of U.S. users, or not even just U.S., but, like, users all around the world that use the OnePlus, uh, just the phone, and probably even the actual original watch, I think to keep this limited to one area is just almost a disservice to the, the people that actually have been using their stuff for a while now. I don't know what you think about that, but it's just insane to me. I'm not really sure what the advantages to this like what their marketing scheme is I, even... yeah i don't know <laughs> i'm it's it's kind of just it blows my mind just to think that oh okay they're they're releasing this really budget friendly watch and yeah then, oh very you know, budget friendly out on skip out on the u.s so. like 68 dollars we're talking about and yet we can't even get it <laughs> like i feel like i was just ta actually talking to my wife because apparently this stuff has a lot of great things for um cycle tracking uh, for women, kind of like the oh, Apple okay. Watch we saw. Um, yeah, sure. And I was telling her this would be a great thing if she ever got into OnePlus, and yet she can't do it because it's not going to be available to her, which is really annoying. Um, but And even the 30 days of battery life, like, that is amazing. I don't even – It's pro that's probably the reason why it's such a low price is because they're only releasing it to only a very limited amount of people. Um, they're probably know, only... th this is not the nothing company here, okay? That we're, no, we're not just no, releasing absolutely a new not. product here. Yes, it is a new watch from OnePlus. But yes. this is... They're, they're, they've already been there for years. This, I was going to say the just the exact same thing. of trying to introduce this company and kind of be like, oh, we're just going to start out here and see how it goes. It's a budget-friendly watch. Why would you limit it? So I don't know what their of... reason is for it. I, I can't see any logical way or... Any anything that makes sense of why they're doing this are maybe they're just testing it out kind of like how nothing phone did with theirs they're testing it to see how it works i guess that's plausible but i mean one like you said oneplus has been around for a while they've had a lot of devices being produced they've made them to the full-on public for goodness sake i mean it's i just don't get it at all i'm really confused about this one so yeah yeah 
I mean, uh, the, the specs do look great. We'll post that in the link below. Yeah, uh, that's the uh, only on upside to this. <laughs> yes, yes. The, 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 they do look attractive, but yeah, you outside got, of that, the excitement stops there. Yeah, just to quick, just name a few things here, because we obviously want to name some good things about this at least. Um, you do have Bluetooth 5.2, 60 hertz refresh rate, 1.78 AMOLED like we described before. Resolution is 368 by 448. Um it uh, is SPO2, uh, excuse me, it has a heart rate monitor and SPO2 monitor and support sleep tracking. Um, it does have accelerometer and uh, supports 105 different exercise types and is IP68 rated, which is a little less than most ones, but it's not not a major issue. Um, no. And Yeah, and with not that... Not that price. No, not at all. Uh, and then for that 30-day battery life, the reason why is because it's 238 uh, milliamp hours um, and it can go for a month on charge on its low power mode. Um, and then, so the introductory price uh, is $60 in midnight black. Uh, and the regular price is said to be $85. Um, but it's unclear when that will be coming to effect. There is a deep blue version that's supposed to come out. Um, that's really good. Yeah, there is no availability, availability. date uh, for it yet. But that doesn't even matter because it's not even available to anyone except India right now. So... <laughs> yeah um so there's so we, that, we don't normally get this negative but it just kind of rubbed us the wrong way because actually the first thing i thought of when i saw this i was like it almost looks like a knockoff apple watch because it is yeah a, it's not around yeah not around time i agree piece. it's actually rectangle so when i saw it, i was like oh man that looks pretty snazzy and it's it's pretty cheap and it's got some yeah. decent you know specs you know 30-day battery life and then I find out I'm like, oh, it's only in India. We don't. The U.S. doesn't get this. So <laughs> maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe we're getting too hyped up about this uh, as far as um, not coming to the U.S. And maybe they'll have an actual, you know, one later on. But I guarantee you, it's not even going to be close to that uh, that budget price. So yeah, yeah. So like we said last week, we we mentioned that um, Apple may drop the Pro Max model and mm-hmm. introduce an Ultra. Um, we got some more information on this, and one of which is the Ultra will come at 256 gigs of storage as a base, which I was excited about. But at the same time, I realized that, you know, as we said, the Ultra is going to come at a higher price. Yeah. So that really didn't make me any, any, any too happy about it because I was like, they should be offering 256 on the Pro for the same price as what they had the 128 because the storage is just getting out of hand uh, with all these... Um, newer sensors and, and bigger files so i was excited though at least it comes with a base because i'm sure it's going to be a hefty price um the other thing that we did not anticipate which i don't even know if did you even think this would happen no and i have some not so great thoughts about this one but uh, i'll <laughs> let you i'll let you go with this yourself first go on so they are expecting to have dual front-facing cameras on this model so I was kind of looking at it, I was like, oh my gosh. And the reason why it was a surprise to me was because we just got the Dynamic Island. I know. And they just had this thing <laughs> running. And I'm like, you're going to add another piece of hardware into that. And how are you going to keep that feature? Yeah. I no. wasn't really sure what to think about. I'm sure we'll find out soon enough <laughs> when they release it next year. But yeah, I as mean, as far as I'm concerned, I, I guess it's, it's up in the air. I mean, if they can if they can make something amazing happen as far as the results and, and, you know, the photography, that's great. I don't even know if that's what it's going to be used for, though. It could I be mean, used for something else. Here's the thing. If Apple's going to release this, 
just for the sake of saying, okay, we've got another camera on the front. It's got, it's ultra wide. It's, it's really cool. I'm like, no, I'm done with this game. I'm <laughs> sick and tired of Apple constantly adding another lens. Um, and I, I will say the main lenses, okay, those are fine. I can kind of get that because you can have different options or stuff. But the front lens, no. I'm sorry. If Unless you can actually make this into one single camera that does everything so much better, no. I'm, I'm sick and tired of this, especially they when... They just added a new sensor I know, to the 14. With that as and well. <laughs> and it's like, what are you doing? What What's your game here? Because this is this thing in iPhone Ultra... I want yeah. I want a selfie camera that is improved a hundred percent, not just split it into two selfie cameras. Okay, I'm they not... need to figure out how to do more with technology yes. with less hardware. That is the point of improving it. They, I mean, yeah. this 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 is what Android has been doing for years. They have been minimalizing the screen to one you know punch hole sensor for the most part. Other people might do like different things like a teardrop yeah. or whatever, but eventually it's evolved to just the punch hole whether it's in the center or the left, but whatever. But now you're adding a, a secondary sensor for the front-facing cameras, and it just, I don't know, it doesn't add up it's, entirely. I, I feel like it, I feel like it's a positive and it's a negative. It depends yeah, on how you look at it. I would agree um, with that. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, I, I, I'm looking at what, what the positive can do for sure, but at the same time, I just don't see why we need to add one more sensor, especially on the front. I mean, if all things to do, it has to be on the front where the screen is. Yeah. I'm, but, I'm um, really kind of sick and tired of it. I'm just, they keep doing this where they <laughs> add another thing to make it look like, because the whole point of it, and this is what was mentioned in the uh, Mac Rumors article, was to separate the the Ultra from the Pro models, and obviously they're trying to separate the Pro models from the base, which I get, I completely understand. But it's the actual inner specs that we really want to improve upon, not just making it look I mean, I guess, yeah, sure. Making it look different, okay, fine. But you, there's so many options you can do with making it look if different. If I was thinking of an Ultra, I would want to think, okay, this has premium features. Yes. With more attractive appearance. Absolutely. Put the camera underneath the screen. That's what I would expect out of the Ultra. I wouldn't expect you to add a secondary sensor. Well, even if we can't do that just yet, because obviously technology is still improving upon that. But even if we right. can't do that... Yeah, I definitely I don't I'm I wouldn't even say expecting is the word I want to use right now. I am demanding <laughs> that they <laughs> that they use some form of advanced technology to make the selfie camera look. I mean, almost as good as the stinking 40 this megapixel thing that's has on got that 14 to be Pro. absolutely stellar. It has to be amazing because there's no other not, option. I am here. not even if it comes in titanium, I'm not dropping cash. Just no to make extra sensors. <laughs> So I, I mentioned this in the few podcasts before, but uh, my wife has uh, the Motorola One 5G, and uh, it's got two selfie cameras on the front. Here's the difference between Apple and Motorola. Motorola is eh, kind of a lesser-ish, more known, I don't know, kind of good phone in a sense. And they can kind of mess around. They can put gimmicks in there because that's kind of what they're known for in a sense with doing a lot of crazy cool same things. Same thing with OnePlus. Yeah, yeah, same thing with OnePlus. I expect that. I don't expect they this put, They Apple. put macro lenses on camera on, on modules that don't need them. Yeah, I know. They, <laughs> they, they, they kind of buff it up and add a lot of filler and stuff. This has like five lenses, so you should buy it. No, we actually want to see the end result. But yeah, Anyway, absolutely. continue. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you right there. But, but this is Apple. I mean, it's just... Even for Apple, it's unlike them to pull this kind of thing, I feel like. Um, well, yeah. maybe not, but it's just, I'm, hmm. 
Mm-mm. Well, it kind of, it, I mean, I'll, I'll end with this. Uh, it did kind of uh, surprise me just a little bit because this is a this is a company that took how many years to add a secondary lens to their oh, iPhone yeah. lineup? Absolutely. Even though other other phones had been uh, doing it for quite a few years. And now they're the ones that are actually adding another front-facing sensor, whereas I don't even remember Samsung ever doing that. So... But anyway, um, we do actually have some good news from Apple, and um, I know that's hard to believe after, you know, we had some really harping news against OnePlus, and now, you know, Apple and their endeavors to uh, boost the ultra specs, if you really actually want to consider that. But um, but most of you are likely aware about Apple and how they've set the stage for iPad Pros released in May of 2021 or later that are powered by the M1 chip to have the capability of running a new software feature that we all know as Stage Manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but after many consumers have raised their concerns that their own not even not so obsolete non-M1 iPad Pros of recent years won't be able to run this feature, Apple has announced that they will actually be offering this to some additional select number of iPad Pros. Nice. So uh, specifically, I figured I thought you would be happy about this because you're, you're. I feel like you're a big iPad person. Um, a bit, yeah. Specific- <laughs> specifically, he sends me pictures of his iPads all the time. It seems like um, this <laughs> is true. I do. Yeah. So, um, but it's going to come with the 11-inch first-gen iPad Pro and later, and then the 12.9-inch iPad Pro third-gen and later. So. Now, this does come with a couple limitations. Um, one is that it will not support extended display. So it'll only mirror if you want to actually put it on an output, which I thought was, okay, I guess I get that. The other thing is that instead of the eight apps that it runs at the same time on the M1 iPad Pros with Stage Manager, uh, it will only support up to four active apps at a time on those older iPads. So I was actually kind of considering, let me rephrase that. I was actually kind of curious what you thought about that since I know you're um, really big into that and was kind of actually upset to hear that some of those models would be, uh, um, I guess, blacklisted, if you would call it that. Yeah, so I actually um, turned on Stage Manager on my wife's iPad to try it out. Um, and it's, it works just fine like any any of the other um, you know MacBooks that you'd use for Stage Manager. Um, interestingly enough, my wife does not like stage manager at all. Uh, so we had to turn that off. But, uh, for me personally, I think it's a great way to just, uh, have an extra efficiency, like I've said before. Um, but in regards to, I guess, um, in a way limiting this to some parts of iPads, I'm actually not necessarily, you know, frustrated or upset with this. I think it's a good thing because it is an, it is an iPad. It's not like a major, you know, laptop where you, you have a lot of different things you're doing at once. Obviously you've got like 32, at least 32 cores in the newer MacBook. So it kind of makes sense for iPads to have a lesser version. So I'm actually okay with this. Um, would be nice, would be nice to have that feature fully, um, you know, compatible, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they're actually considering this and, and, and the engineers are spending time and saying, hey, we understand you guys felt left out. We've realized that you guys spent a lot of money on your iPads. Yeah. We don't want you to feel like you have to buy the newer model to experience all the great features. That, to me, surprisingly, says something about Apple. And they're like, we realize there's a value to your product that you own. Let's reinforce that value with the features that we provide. That's... So I. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's the Apple I know. That's the Apple I appreciate. Listening to their consumers, you know, putting in that stuff that we Apple users want to have. Obviously, you can't have everything on, like, a small iPad. But I think, you know, adding some things even there, giving some way to, like, you know, some consumers want this added or some consumers want, you know, this implemented into a device. That's one of the things that makes Apple really stand that's out. That's vintage Apple is how I would put it. That's yeah, a Steve Jobs. That's Steve jo- yeah, I was just going to say that's Steve Jobs yes. Apple for you right there. I mean, we, um, I think we mentioned it. We didn't actually talk about it in the podcast necessarily. But Steve Jobs was great about giving his consumers what they really wanted and really caring about them. I don't really see Apple doing that a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, when you look back at some of those keynotes, you actually hear him say stuff like, we realized that our consumers didn't like this, and so we've added this new feature. Yeah. We realized that, oh, yeah. we realized, and, and I mean, if you actually look at the, um, I think it was the 3G or 3GS or something like that, mm-hmm. and he was like, the number one thing that our consumers didn't like was the iPhone was too expensive, and they worked on it, and they made it cheaper. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. Because you're actually looking at the consumer and you're saying, hey, we understand your issues. We understand your complaints. Let's try to re- you know, rectify this problem and give you something mm-hmm. that we can provide um, while you know, maintaining what's going on behind the scenes. So, that's, that's what keeps consumers. Yes. That's what probably would have saved Stadia. I don't know exactly what the situation was, but it probably had something to do with their um, their customers just not liking what they were doing or not listening to their feedback. I think this whole episode, and to kind of end it off here, I think really this whole episode entails listen to your consumers. Listen to your customers because they're the ones that really make your product go off the charts. Without them, your company you don't have would not anything. exist without your consumers. Exactly. So. So, yeah, that's that's where I stand right here with you. But I am I am at least glad here in, in that sense for stage manager that they're they're doing that. So, but yeah, uh, and I mean, those, those iPad pros are not cheap by any means at all. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, those consumers feel like, OK, I didn't completely lose out on this. And I mean, maybe some people don't even care about stage manager. But, yeah, you know, at the end, at the end, like of the my day, wife, we know that <laughs> at least we know that Apple cares on some level. So. But with that being said, that'll wrap up our episode for today. We really do appreciate you guys listening in on us. Uh, We do know that it ran a little bit longer than we expected to. Yeah. Um, But we did have a lot packed in here, and we do hope you appreciated uh, all the news that we got on today's episode for sure. Um, Feel free to like and follow um, for future notifications when we upload new episodes. And um, thanks again. This is Miguel and JD signing off.
Peace out.